This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And welcome back to sort of the Cooler Jets podcast. We're Ben Blessington and Michael Nania. Well, Michael, Jets just wrapped up their first game of the season, the Hall of Fame game. First loss of the season, unfortunately. First loss for Robert Sala's preseason tender. Uh, but overall, pretty pretty good game, I'd say. I mean, maybe not from a viewer standpoint, but from a Jets perspective, I think you got some good Zach Wilson moments, some good moments from the rookies. No major injuries, at least that have come out so far. And, I mean, they, they kind of got screwed by the stadium lights going out, and then they gave up the lead at the end. But overall, I mean... Pretty pretty solid debut for the 2023 season, I would say. Uh, we'll go and, I guess, go through a bunch of different players and talk about how they, they performed, then we'll get out of here. Just a quick recap podcast. But first, Michael, how are you doing, man? Well, I'll be honest with you. I'm pretty tired. It's 11.39 right now, and we just made an attempt, I guess you can call it, to do a Twitter spaces for the first time. With some mixed results, I had some technical difficulties, but you did your best to hold it down, uh, so I give you credit for that. You, you did a good job. Tough. You did a good job. But uh, may, maybe we'll go back to it. Maybe we won't. But if we do, at least we'll have some more reps and experience. Shout out, shout uh, out Jaguar. We, yeah, diehard Cool Your Jets fan. He, he brought the energy. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, preseason is underway. Obviously, the extra Hall of Fame game, which – you know, it's going to be weird this preseason having four games versus the three we got used to over the last couple of preseasons. So it's going to feel a little bit longer than what we've become accustomed to. But, um, you know, I'm looking forward to getting into the film and all that because I'll be honest, watching these games, it's a grind. It's definitely a grind because, you know, there's no stakes to it. It's hard to really see what's going on on the broadcast. You don't know. We can't complain all all summer. We can't complain all summer about no football. And then we get some football. football And then you complain it's boring. It's stress-free. It's boring. It's stress-free, though. It's boring. It's stress-free, but it's not exhilarating. Stress-free. I think the fun part is watching when it's over and really diving into it. That's fun, too. But But there's plenty to take away. There's plenty to take away. But uh, 8 o'clock Hall of Fame game. More three quarters without Zach Wilson, it's you got to fight a little bit to get through. That's such a lame take from you, but uh, you know what? I get, I get what you're saying. Hall of Fame game is always underwhelming, but you know, it's, you know, it's Jets football, stress free Jets football. We got to watch Zach Wilson play. We got to watch Mackay Becton. Some of these rookies. Okay, you weren't even paying attention for so much. That yeah, because your mic kept cutting out in the spaces that I had to. I was working overtime trying to keep the listeners engaged, but that's fair. No, I did not watch much of the second half, I'll be honest. I mean, it was on, um, 
but I was, it took me like five minutes into the delay to be like, wait, why is the game stopped? Um, so you're right. Uh, the value in the, in these games is generally going back and watching the all 22 and trying to, well, did they even release the all 22 for preseason? I'm not sure. Game, yeah. I, they didn't, I, I don't think they released all 22 in game pass, but at least just going back, focusing on individual players and trying to get a sense of how they played. From first glance, though, Michael, I guess we can give our initial thoughts. I'll run through some players here. The player that you can probably most accurately give a grade on would be Zach Wilson. Um, only played the first quarter. Pretty, they, they stuck to that. He had a nice deep ball to Malik Taylor. He looked a little calmer in the pocket, went through his, his progressions. But still, you know, he had he slipped on third down. Otherwise, you know, looked like it was about to be a nice play, but Fell down on that third down. He had a ball batted down. So two kind of fluky things. And then he had a – I don't know if it was a throwaway or an errant pass to Xavier Gibson. But from what you saw from from Zach, uh, not too much to, to dive into. But what would you make of his performance? I thought it was okay. I mean, I think some of the things we talked about um, when we were previewing this game, he did show some of those things. Um, you know, we wanted to see poise. We wanted to see – better decision-making process and some of those little things that could translate to a real game. And I thought he showed some of that. Uh, I think we saw some examples of him standing tight in the pocket or hanging tight in the pocket and standing tall in instances where maybe previously he would have ran around, tried to make something happen. Um, I thought he took a couple check downs that were the, the right play. Um, the, you know, there's one pass that got deflected and then there's one play where he tried to scramble and he tripped, which was unfortunate but it seemed like he was making the right decision to try and scramble. Didn't work out, unfortunately, but um, process-wise, I thought he did a pretty good job. And then the one deep shot he hit to Malik Taylor was, I mean, that's one of the best throws he's ever made in the league. Definitely the best vertical deep yeah, throw. We talked about that in the spaces. In structure that he's made. We talked about so, that on the, on the spaces, yeah. how I don't think he's completed a single nine route his entire career like from the pocket outside of maybe that underthrown ball to Mims against New England last year. But every other big play he's had has been him rolling out out of structure. Um, so that was nice to see. That's that's progress. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think there was much he could do in this game or even the whole preseason to definitively prove that he's a significantly improved quarterback because, you know, remember, remember how good he looked in his first preseason. You ultimately can't ever guarantee anything based off the preseason, but – if you struggle, you can be worried about that. So I don't think he struggled in this game. And uh, if he can just continue doing that, then you could feel at least okay about him going into the season. But, you know, there were some good signs in this one. It was a very short appearance, yeah. so we'll see if he can continue to build on some of it. Yeah, that. what do you make of, of Sala, uh, I don't want to say polling him, but only playing him the first quarter? It kind of felt like – I kind of felt like he was going to get one more series – just because he had done some good things. They had had some drives. They put six points on the board. And then it just kind of felt like, okay, they're getting close. Give them one more series. See if you can get a, a touchdown and get out of there. What did you make of that decision? I mean, I think coaches kind of treat this Hall of Fame game as, you know, maybe the number one game for avoid, maybe aside from the last game, for, you know, playing your backups and your reserve players over the starters because – especially at this point, since they moved to three games, it's an extra game that you're not supposed to have. So I think they are averse to taking risks beyond, you know, what they really feel like they have to. So I I, I, I expected more. I thought he was going to play maybe the whole first half. I definitely thought Becton was going to play more. 
Um, so it was less than I expected, but I do understand. You know, this is an extra game that most of the league isn't playing. So let's not take risks beyond, you know, what we definitely feel like we need to. Yeah, I mean, I'll, one thing I will say is the last game, at least if we're going off of last year and then what Sala said in, in the post game or in the uh, in the press conferences it's like a week ago, that last game against the Giants, I guess now is a little bit more of the dress rehearsal. So I guess it's like the second or this year would be the third game is kind of more the, the backups. But like you said, like this is an extra game for the Jets. They didn't really play any of their starters. The only guys who are seeing time that are will play is Mitchell is maybe a starter. Seems like he's on that path. Jamie and Sherwood, maybe not technically a starter considering they play nickel a lot, but he's one of their three starting linebackers. Um, and then some of the, the edge guys that were rotating in, like Huff and Jermaine Johnson and Clemens. We'll get to those guys. Um, but last thing on Zach, I mean, I, I think uh, I, I would have liked to see him another series, but at the same time, I understand what they're doing. I think they're slowly trying to rebuild his confidence. And yes, it would have been nice to put him back out there and, and for him to lead a touchdown drive and to have that high note. But he also could have gone back out there and gotten injured or thrown an interception or done something like that where it's like, you know, he played the first quarter. Uh, was he perfect? Was he super Superman? No, but he didn't look like he was trying to do it all. He had some nice plays, something to build on. His confidence should be up after this game. So I kind of understand why he did it. Also, Becton had just gotten pulled out of the game too, and I think that they were maybe feeling like maybe they shouldn't keep Zach behind uh, Carter Warren. Um, I guess we can run through some of these players, but before we do that, I guess we should focus on Becton for a second here because, like you said, we, we thought he'd play a little bit more. We knew he was going to be on a snap count. Salah said 20 to 25 snaps. I think he ended up playing seven and then a few uh, for field goals. Uh, just reading what Becton was saying in the post game, it was that he he didn't really trust the turf at the stadium, which I don't blame him. I mean, I remember the game got canceled in, like, 2016 because of the turf. Um, and he just said he's not hurt, but he, he just felt a little bit pregame, and then he just decided to pull himself from the game. Um, but from what you did see from Beckton, though, I, I felt like he played pretty well. I mean, extremely small sample size, but we haven't seen him in two years. So what did you make of, of Beckton's uh, first appearance since that Carolina game? Yeah, actually, right now I'm clipping some of the plays or all of the plays that he had in this yeah, game. Because multitasking? It short, I'm multitasking right now. Short appearance, only seven snaps. So don't read into it too much. Like, that that's not even a whole drive or you know, if it's a long drive, it could with be Aaron Rodgers, with Aaron Rodgers, that's a with Aaron Rodgers, it's drive. less than a drive. So, uh, small sample, but like you said, he hasn't played in two years. To see him out there at all is is great, and then to see him go out there and play well is great. Is even greater on top of that. So, it's preseason competition. You know, he was not playing against starters in this one, but if you want to see him look dominant against inferior competition because he's not supposed to be playing in this game. Talent-wise, it's just the durability that's put him in this position. So it's good to see him playing up to the level he's supposed to. I thought in pass protection, he looked really sharp. Uh, there was one play that stood out where you know he kind of gets beat initially, gives up a step around the corner, but he uses that length to recover and push the guy up the arc and pass the quarterback, which is, I think, the best skill that he could have in pass protection and what could make him really good as a pass blocker if he develops is that length because it allows him to recover. Sometimes you're going to get beat and you need to be able to limit the damage when that happens. And when you have length like that, you can recover. And he showed that on that one play really stood out. Uh, And then on Zach Wilson's touchdown, he 
stood his guy up and held the pocket pretty clean. Allow that or not touchdown, the deep bomb. Uh, he allowed that to happen. So he had some good plays. And then in the run blocking, he had a couple snaps and he created pretty good lateral movement on those. So it was pretty flawless game. But again, we're talking about seven snaps here. So you don't want to read into it too much, but uh, just see him out there is great. And uh, he looked good. Yeah. And you mentioned that, that one third down where Zach uh, ended up scrambling and how that's something that Becton does really well in terms of like, if he gets beat, he can run rushers around the edge. That's not really something you could do as much in practice because you're not trying to, to steer the edge defender into the quarterback, especially if you're blocking for Aaron Rodgers. Um, so I think Becton, I think there is some truth to the fact that Becton is going to be better on game days than he's ever going to be on the practice field. That's not to say that you can't read into some of the struggles that he's had uh, on the practice field. But like you said, I felt like he looked good. You, you mentioned it to me before we um, recorded or anything, but it's like Becton looked good in the 2021 preseason before he got hurt when he was struggling on that training camp. So, you know, the, the real test with Becton will be regular season snaps. You know, first of all, can he get through a whole game? Because um, clearly that he doesn't have the same confidence in that knee that maybe we were maybe expecting because it's been two years. He got injured a year ago around this time. I think we kind of all expected him to come into camp and be a full go. And yes, while he didn't begin the season on, on the pup list, it's clear that he's not 100% on that knee yet. He's still trying to build up confidence in it. Um, I mean, we'll see if the MetLife turf is any better than it's been. But if, if this turf is giving him problems, he's got to play – eight games of MetLife this year, nine games of MetLife this year. Um, you know, we got to see him make it through a full regular season game first, see him against starters before we can really take anything away from it. But I agree with you. I liked, I liked his performance. Um, so yeah, let's just run through a few players here, Michael. And, you know, you give me your thoughts on their performances and then we'll get out of here. Um, won't make this a, a super long podcast. Uh, Izzy Abanacanda. I see he's been getting a lot of the love on Twitter. He scored the only touchdown from this game for the Jets. Um, showed some nice speed on that play, had a few other other nice plays. What did you make of, of Abana Kanda? Is this just more propaganda for your anti-Dalvin Cook rhetoric? It definitely helps in that, I think, for sure, to have people get on board with Izzy and just kind of having him potentially be that rookie running back standout because there, there are so many of them every year, aren't there? Like guys, rookie guys yeah. out, of the, out of the third day of the draft who – just have a thousand yards randomly and they're on your fantasy team by the end of the year. So it happens a lot. So if he's going to, not that he's going to have a thousand yards, but you know, if he could be a day three hit, you know, helps your case to not needing a veteran running back. But, uh, but yeah, the touchdown run was really nice. He showed good speed to hit that eight, uh, hit that edge. Um, Joe Blewett said in one of his film reviews, he called Izzy an angle eraser, which I think is a good way to describe what he did on that play is using that speed to just beat, you know, even if the defender's taking an anticipatory angle to get out in front of you, just having so much speed to beat him to that spot, beat him to the pylon and get the touchdown. And then I thought, you know, other than that, he didn't really produce much, but I like the way he finished some of his runs. He was putting his head down, showing some power, grinding out some extra yards at the end of those runs. So, I mean, it wasn't really blocked well, which preseason run blocking is usually really ugly it's probably the ugliest part of preseason games i mean how many times do you see great rushing in the preseason it's pretty rare so uh, not a lot to work with but i liked how he finished some of his runs yeah it was interesting that they didn't give any reps to zonovan knight or michael carter either they're both inactive for this game what do you make of that is that a signal to you that they're comfortable with this running back room and that those two guys are going to be 
playing a lot early in the season? Is that a signal that, hey, maybe maybe Michael Carter could be traded if they bring in Dalvin Cook? They don't want to risk him getting injured. Uh, or is it nothing? Is it just a Hall of Fame game? Why not give Avana Kanda and why not give the rookies um, most of the reps? How, how do you kind of read into that decision? I think you can read into it a little bit, right? Because the fact that they're both not playing probably says both players are safe, right? And I think maybe you know if if Cook were coming in, and you assume that Izzy's a lock, considering he's a rookie, fifth round pick, probably not getting cut. Although you no, know, maybe it's not a zero percent chance. Oh, but it's on, probably not happening. He's making the team. Fourth round pick. Point one percent chance. Zero percent chance. Ja'Kai Pillay got cut as the third round pick. Okay, that's completely that's, different situation. That is true, but, but yes. Point one. Can I say point one? Point one percent chance he gets cut. He's not getting cut. So Izzy, <laughs> if you sign Cook, Brees Hall, then one of Knight and Carter wouldn't make the team. So if they're both not playing in this game and you're assuming they're both safe because of that, does that say that maybe Cook's not coming? I don't know. Or, just, or that could be a, a possibility. I think I think they don't want to risk Donovan Knight getting injured because if you listen to Robbie, he's been the best running back in camp, assuming you know Brees has been out. So I think Carter's the guy that's out if if Cook signs here. And I think Carter has enough fans around the league that maybe they could fetch something for him, you know, a late day three pick for him, conditional day three pick. And if he goes out there and gets injured, you can't trade him. Or, you know, maybe you lose some leverage in terms of trying to get down on Cook either way, you know, running back gets injured. So extra game, Carter's played plenty. I guess Knight has also played enough his rookie year. Uh, I just thought that was interesting they didn't get any run because, like you said, I mean, they are kind of in a competition right now. Um I don't know. I, I think the, the Cook talk has died down, but Pro Football Talk is saying that, you know, we should have something by the beginning of next week in terms of, of Cook. Um, jumping around the offense, let's stick there. Any receivers stick out to you in this one? They didn't sit, they, uh, they didn't play any of their top five. Um, we got a good bit of Jason Brownlee when, when Tim Boyle was in there. Obviously, Malik Taylor had the, the big bomb. Anything stand out to you from any of those guys that makes you think that, hey, maybe the Jets will keep six receivers? I mean, obviously Brownlee was going to get the spotlight because of the way he's played in camp, getting some first-team reps, one-handed catch, and he's had, in addition to that one, a ton of other big plays as well. Um, I thought it was a mixed bag for him. He made some nice catches, but they did feed him a lot of targets, and there were some contested balls that he couldn't get. There was that one near the end of the first half where uh, it was it was an out route, and he he jumped up to get it, hit him on the chest, bounced off. It was contested, but um, that was catchable. So a little bit of a mixed bag, but there's plenty of time left for him to uh, make an impression, kind of solidify what he's done in practice. So, uh, yeah, nothing really stood out. It was kind of an uneventful game for the passing attack. Did any anything stand out for you with the receivers I'm trying to remember the, other than Brownlee? Yeah, I mean, Brownlee would be the only one that he had. I'm trying to remember exactly what play it was. It was when Boyle was in. I think it was Boyle's first series, but he – he targeted Brownlee a number of times in that, that drive, and they ended up scoring a touchdown. Um, but he caught a pass, and just it was honestly just the, the first move he made after catching it. It just jumped out of the, off the screen. And generally, anytime I see that, it's that's a sign of a good player. That was really the only thing a note I would say from any of these receivers. I mean, Malik Taylor adjusting to that deep ball was pretty nice. I think that's definitely a guy who's going to be on the practice squad this year. Uh, Sabo even mentioned that early in camp. The Jets came out in 12 personnel, and, and Taylor is one of the starting receivers with Lazard. So clearly the Jets like him. He has that experience in the offense. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I mean, Xavier Gibson had the the nice um, uh, return, so that stood out. But he also muffed one at the beginning of the game that ended up pinning the Jets deep. Um, so yeah, I think all those guys are kind of practice squad material. Brownlee's really the only one that I think has a chance to sneak onto the roster. You know, some of the buzz that he was getting this week, which I'll be honest, I think a lot of it's just due to the fact that he had a, a viral catch on on that made Sports Center top ten. I mean, I know he's been impressing in camp, but all of a sudden I see like Brian Baldinger tweeting about Jason Brownlee. I see like Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter retweeting that catch. Um, so I think if I, I think Brownlee is at the very least a practice squad receiver on this team. But if he continues to impress, if he's a star of hard knocks. You don't. You maybe you don't want to risk uh, letting him go, and you keep six receivers. I mentioned this um, in the spaces of Michael. I don't know if it was one of the times you were out of it, but you know when they talk about Tony Adams, who didn't even play in this preseason, just to show how how far he's come in terms of locking up that that starting free safety job. The Jets don't want to risk anything. They're clearly confident in, in him to to start Week One, um, but we didn't really hear a peep about Tony Adams last preseason. Uh, didn't hear really anything coming out of Jets camp. I don't even think he played that much in the last game. Um, and clearly they were trying to hide him. I mean, Saul even said as much that they were really hoping that that they could get him. Um, to They were trying to keep him under wraps. And I think with hard knocks this year, you're not going to be able to do that. So if there's anybody who, who shines in training camp, the entire NFL is going to know. Um, so with guys like Brownlee or guys like, uh, I don't know, Zach Koontz, any of the – Trey Dean – Chad Surratt had a nice game. Any of those guys who are kind of fringe 53-man roster guys, they're going to have to make some some tough calls. So ultimately, uh, I don't know. Nothing else really stood out about the receivers. Uh, we'll stick offense here, and then we'll go to defense. Max Mitchell, anything from Mitchell or other offensive linemen? I definitely got to watch Mitchell more closely. I know he was out there quite a bit. He outlasted Becton. Even, I mean, he went into the second half, right? Um, so I'm going to have to watch Mitchell more closely. But um, Tittman, I did see on – at first I wasn't watching him, and it's very hard to see a center on a broadcast. But um, they showed some replays of Zach Wilson with the end zone angle. And I saw in a few of those Zach Wilson passes that um, Tittman had a one-on-one against a nose tackle, and he held up really well. So at least there was that. And there was one play where we fixated on him, and he threw a very accurate shotgun snap. So thumbs up there. <laughs> Um, he had a nice block on that play is, too. Come on, now. this is preseason. This is preseason for you, but uh, but no, I, I want to watch those guys more closely when I rewatch it, um, especially Mitchell because I mean that's your potential starting right tackle. Sounds like the it. way things are going right now, so um, you definitely would like to see him play well against pre- second and third stringers. So yeah, I'll be fixating on them when I rewatch. All right, I guess we'll move to the defense. I mean, anything else on offense? I mean, Boyle and Strevler. Uh, relatively underwhelming. Boyle, shout out, friend of the pod, seems to have a better command of the offense than Strebler, which is understandable. But neither of them really shined too much. I guess Boyle led the, the touchdown drive. Strebler, I was really counting on that that fourth quarter Strebler magic, but didn't didn't happen. Uh, all right, I guess we'll go to the defense. Uh, a number of guys here who really flashed to me. I mean, I guess we'll start with the first round pick, Will McDonald. I thought he looked really good out there. I mean. You can see why he might need to add some weight, but in terms of okay, can he do the can he replicate Bryce Huff's role and potentially, you know, definitely room to grow as he gets gets more experience and adds some more weight? Absolutely. I mean, you saw that spin move, you saw his closing speed. Granted, he was unblocked in that in that one play, 
Um, so what'd you make of Will McDonald and maybe some of those other young defensive linemen? I know Johnson and Clemens got some reps. Huff played a lot longer than we thought he would. What'd you make of the uh, the young D linemen? I, I liked what McDonald did. I saw some good plays against the run too, which is encouraging because you know at at some point down the line you want to see that two way ability so he can be an every down player. So I thought he made some good plays against the run. Uh, There's the one play where they tried to run a bootleg and he was unblocked off the backside and he did not bite on the fake. He went straight at the quarterback, read it all the way, was able to make that hit and blow that play up. Uh, the spin move he threw was really clean. So, uh, yeah, he showed a lot of promise. Um, and then what do you make of Huff playing so much? I mean, you had a good point. Maybe they're trying to get him some run game reps. Um, but, you know, is there the potential they're trying to showcase him for a trade? I don't know. Just throwing it out there. Hopefully not. But, um, yeah, it was interesting because I feel like even though the D-line is so deep and technically Huff is a backup or, like, you know, your fifth edge rusher or, what is he, probably fourth edge rusher in the depth chart, um, even though I get that, he's just such an important player that I'm not sure why he needed to play that many reps. I wouldn't risk it. But uh, so what do you make of Huff playing that much? Yeah, I mean, really two things. It's either it's either that he is in their plans for this year and they're trying to give him reps, like you said, at, at rundowns, uh, either just to develop him as a player, because I, I don't think that they're going to – I think they have enough depth that he's not going to have to do that regardless this year, even if – I mean, I guess if, they, if there's a rash of injuries to the defensive line, it's possible. Um, but when you have Jermaine Johnson and Carl Lawson and Michael Clemens – John Franklin Meyer, it just it doesn't seem like you'll really ever have to be in a situation where he's playing meaningful reps on first and second down, but it's possible. It's also, you know, he showed out last year. You got Will McDonald, who maybe you want to slide into that role. So maybe it's like, all right, Huff, we want to expand your role. Let's see what you can do on first and second down in some of these run situations. So I, I get that. I do think it is possible he's traded. You know, it's a win now year. You're a Super Bowl contender. He's an edge rusher. He's a difference maker. He had a sack like pretty much immediately after entering the game. Um, so I wouldn't be necessarily for it, but at the same time, like, can you pay him after this year? If for how good he is in terms of, even if he's just, even if he doesn't develop anymore, like if he's exactly what he is right now, which is a third down pass rusher, that's valuable in this league. Plus, you know, maybe in a three, four, he can play a little bit more. I mean, that's complete speculation. I don't know if how well he can drop into coverage, but he is a little smaller for this Jets defensive line. So and when he came in immediately as, as a Jets rookie in 2020, he played in that 3-4 system with, with Greg Williams. Um, so who knows? Who knows who would pay him in the offseason? So I, I do think there's a chance that the Jets are thinking ahead of, like, we're not going to be able to pay this guy. Most likely, you know, they will be able to get some some money off the books next year. They have Will McDonald waiting in the wings. And they do have some holes in this roster, especially if Becton is, is injured and not even working with the starters. If there's some team that offers – something of value for Huff that could maybe help the Jets this year, I could definitely see it. If if they're going to try to ship Huff off for a third-round pick, fourth-round pick, I don't know if I'd love it, but, you know, that's that's why they make the decisions. I, I think it was probably more about developing him as a player, seeing what he looks like in a, in a bigger role. But that, that's how I took it. But I, I, don't like how, I don't like how much he played, though, to be fair, because he is a guy that if he gets injured in this game, that does affect the regular season for the Jets. So... I don't know. Um, the other guys in the defensive line, I mean, Clemens and Johnson both had some good moments. The guys in the trenches, like you said, we kind of have to go back and watch. I did notice, first of all, Johnson 11 looks amazing. Sorry, Robbie Sabo, but that that's a that's a great look. 
Clemens, uh, I noticed he had some wins. Uh, I don't know if he, I don't know if he finished any plays, but he had some definite wins and with good and run support. The linebackers really jumped out to me. I thought Sherwood looked really good. He forced that fumble, uh, Florin Park Strangler. A lot of people forget with Sherwood that he tore his Achilles as a rookie, and we know from Carl Lawson that's a two-year injury. So, you know, this is the year that you really hope to get a lot of that athleticism back. He talked about he's added weight. Mosey's been singing his praises. They didn't re-sign Quan, and Quan only got like just over a million dollars. So clearly they're they're high on Sherwood. So I liked what we saw there. And then uh, Zaire Barnes and Chad Surratt both both made some big plays. Um, what did you make of the linebackers? And do you think the Jets carry five linebackers? Or do you think they go uh, just with the four that they have? I think it is going to be five because I think linebacker is a position where – it's a position where they can – like linebackers are very versatile in special teams. I think those are guys who could play a lot of different roles for you because of, you know, just the build they typically have. They could do a lot of different things, whether it's kickoff return blocking or coverage on punt and kickoff return. So I think the Jets are going to value special teams after the struggles they had last year. And I think Barnes is certainly going to make it. And I think we'll see one more in addition to that, whether that's uh, Hamza or. Surratt, who really made a good push with his performance in this game. Uh, I like Sherwood. He came up with a big play force in the fumble, which, if I'm not mistaken, did he force one in the preseason last year? I think he did, right? I might be I wrong have no about idea. That. I can't remember. <laughs> but I'm, tr- I'm trying to look it up right yeah, now. Yeah, the Falcons? Um, I forget. I'm going to look it up and make sure. But right. either way, you, know, you like seeing him force a big play there. And I, I thought he had some good tackles um, getting around making plays in space. Uh, it, it'll, the thing about him replacing Quan that's interesting is I think he's a much different kind of linebacker than Quan. The, the thing that made Quan really uh, valuable to the Jets last year is how much of a wrecking ball he was. Uh, even if he, and, and he did make some big stops himself, but even when he wasn't making tackles, it was just the way that he would lower his shoulder and take on blocks and just create lanes for his teammates to get to the football because he was just, eating up so much space and creating penetration. And I don't know if Sherwood is that kind of player. I actually think he's closer to what Mosley does, which is kind of sit back, play a little more patient, let it develop in front of him, and then go pursue, make the play. So uh, we, it will be interesting to see how Sherwood's different skill set plays in Quan's role. Yeah, no, I, you kind of mentioned Quan being the wrecking ball. We were watching, I think we were actually watching Dalvin Cook tape. <laughs> Um, yeah. and we, we just noticed in the Jets game, you know, a lot of what Quan was doing, like you said, it's not just being a wrecking ball in terms of blowing up plays, but it's willingness to, to approach contact, to, to go towards the blocker. And even if he gets blocked, he's going to put that blocker on his back heel and that affects the play. And, you know, Quincy hits really hard, but because he's a little smaller, I don't know if he can necessarily do what Quan was able to do in terms of driving blockers back. And so you want to see Sherwood do that. But like you said, I, I think he is he's been Mosley's understudy for, for two years now. Um, and if they don't bring Mosley back next year, they do move on from him in free, I think like 8 million or something, you know, if he has a good year, he could, he could slide into that role. Um, but yeah, Surratt looks good. I think he left with an injury. Uh, the other guy, uh, I'm trying to remember his, I don't want to mess up his, you get into the, the guys that you don't really know too much about, but I think it's, it's Clauden Shirelius or something. I'll look it up. Uh, but he was flying around too. I will even with the backups that all gas no break mentality, you definitely saw even if they they blew it in the end of the game. But like backup, their fourth stringers were hitting hard and flying around the football, so that was nice to see. Um, 
but yeah, I was I was encouraged what we saw from the linebackers. Really liked what we saw from Surratt. Um, we'll see how healthy he is in, in the rest of the preseason. But it, it does kind of seem like you said, once you raise the special teams points to me, I, I think you're right. I think they do keep five linebackers, and that's you know one of the the few roster battles on this team right now uh, to keep an eye out for. Um, DBs, anything a note? I mean, I know Craig James got cooked for that touchdown. Um, I think Bryce Hall. Did Bryce Hall do anything? There was one play he got pushed off for an OPI. That's all I remember. All right. And I know Eccles left the game. I think he had a hip injury. Yeah, Eccles. So Eccles. We'll the Eccles had a tough start. on that. Eccles had a tough start because he had the the uh, penalty. Which, by the way, you remember this in the first quarter how they had the illegal formation, and then uh, which is a five year penalty, and then Eccles hit him out of bounds a little late, and that's fifteen. And yeah, I do remember threw that. Threw that out. Why is that the case? You can line up illegally, and then if if you get hit hard, yeah, that was so odd. Like I don't, at, at the very least, they should offset yeah. and just redo it. But I think it's it doesn't make sense that if the play shouldn't have happened because it was illegal, why are they getting a plus because of a penalty after that on a play that should have been negated? Yeah, so that was weird. Doesn't make any sense. But uh, I thought Trey Dean had some nice tackles. Uh, Krukshank got plenty of run as well. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I don't I don't really remember too much from the DBs. Um, again, I mean, we'll go back and watch this game, and then on Monday's pod, we'll have probably a little bit more to say. Um, but outside of that, Michael, studs and duds, and then we'll get out of here. We've probably talked about some of them, but let's just go through who are kind of your uh, your stars from this game. Uh, I would say, I mean, Becton, I think stood out to me. Just it was pretty much a flawless seven snaps. So <laughs> again, seven snaps. If he gives us so seven that, snaps every game, that's already improvement. That's already an improvement. Maybe he could be like a you know relief pitcher. Dude, just Becton, clutch drive, throw him in there, and he's ready. Becton as a swing tackle, just coming in motion on run plays, would be pretty electric. So just put him at tight end. Yeah, pretty much the George Fant role. Yeah, I think that could work. So I would put Becton in there because it was good to just finally see him back out there and play well with pretty much no issues. So that was good. Um, well, I guess we shouldn't say no issues, but he, I mean, he did say after the game that, uh, you know, it was just playing it cautious, didn't trust the turf, as you said. So uh, not a huge, yeah, but the, well, but I, like the I will say, but the fact that he's still feeling the knee quote unquote, I, I even noticed it yeah, yeah, before he left. And uh, granted, I think it was the play that he kind of was feeling his knee out, but I was watching him and I was just looking at his, yeah, his just his knees, in comparison to his body, I mean, he's just such a big guy. Just he was shaking it out. He just did. He looked light on it. He was kind of like not gimpy, but just it looked weak. I guess is is the best way to. I mean, when you're going to support a six seven three hundred fifty pound man, um, his knees just looked a little small, and I could tell he was feeling uncomfortable with it. So it is still a red flag. Um, yeah, yeah, that's fair. What are some other? Who who else gets a gold star? You, give, you giving Zach Wilson a gold star or silver star? Mm-hmm. That gold seems excessive. Silver, right. maybe. If they scored a touchdown on that drive that he had the 57 yard touchdown or the 57 yard pass, I'm feeling differently about that that performance, right? I mean, the 57 yard pass to me was, in terms of what you're getting out of a Hall of Fame game, just I'm, oh, I'm yeah. looking, I'm looking at your Hall face. You don't, you don't seem to. Standards. You don't seem too no, opposed. Are you saying I wasn't impressed? With yeah, that, throw? that was amazing. I definitely flipped out at that throw. You just rolled your eyes. I was like, "Oh, let's go." 
I rolled my eyes? Yes, you're tired. It's, I'm probably just falling asleep. 12-14. I promise, Michael, we'll, we'll get you out of here, here quickly. All right. Uh, who else? <laughs> that was beautiful. Fine, how about Don't this? get me wrong. Anybody else gets a gold star that we haven't talked about tonight? I do have one if you're searching for it. Special teams, the kickers, Morstead, and Zerline. No controversy whatsoever. Is that the Don't first time? In, when was the last time? Tom Hennessy, of course. I may or may not have ordered a Tom Hennessy jersey. That's true. We'll have That's to a great jersey. See on that? You got the throwback Hennessy Yeah, coming? I, I thought it was a great jersey. I mean, you know, it's a great, unique last name. I like unique last names. You drink a lot of Number Hennessy? 42. Pretty cool. I cannot say that I do, but regardless, cool name. Damn. And, uh, you know, who was a Tom Hennessy jersey? And also, he's just signed a long-term extension, so he's going to be around. Don't have to worry about you know, player getting traded any year after I get to Jersey. He's pretty so. safe in terms of not pretty safe. not going to have to worry about him not being on the roster. That he's been on our podcast. That's true. He's a guy who could. He's probably the best long snapper or one of them. So I mean, it's a really should really be near know? the top, of the Jersey list. Would we really know you, that he's the best long snapper? Yeah, do you think every fan base just? Thinks I mean, they he have did the get the highest. No, I think he did get the highest guarantee ever for a long snapper. So I think that kind All of right, suggests fun. that he's viewed that way. Best long snapper in the league. We should have him back on. We're just waiting for Zerline to complete the special teams trio. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, obviously uh, other gold stars I would give to would be um, I thought Tipman looked really nice. I mean, like you said, we got to rewatch these guys in the interior to really accurately grade them. Um, but in the action that I did see, I didn't see the pocket collapsing as much as. I mean, it's preseason, but as much as we've gotten accustomed to, so I'll, I'll give that to Tipman. Um, I would give gold. St- I would give a gold star to, to McDonald, uh, Surratt, and Chirilis. I would probably give one as well. Um, yeah, it's it's tough. I got I got to go rewatch. I kind of want to give one to Trey Dean, but I, I don't know if that's. I have to see what he looked like in coverage. They did give up the touchdown in the fourth quarter, um, but he had a nice hit. Also, I got another gold star. It hit me. I don't know if you're going to agree with this one. Oh boy. Demarcus Ware, terrible. No, what for the national anthem? <laughs> yeah, you give him a gold star for that anthem performance? Are you out of your mind? Yeah, well, I'm supposed on. to be considering optimistic. The, one of this podcast, you're bringing reality. Considering the grading curve, what the fuck? No, he was, you it was terrible. Gold star. No, look, come on. Look, it's former NFL player doing the national anthem. I applaud I him. I applaud does. him for that. You gotta respect that, that. Takes some balls. He's a hell of a player. It's his day. Also, I had imagined he is better than what we saw because, you know, it's national television. He doesn't want to become a meme. He's probably a little nervous, hasn't sang in front of a crowd. I give him all the props in the world for doing it, but that was that was a weak national anthem performance. He really milked it, too. It went off like that, five that. minutes. I, like, I, I tuned in right in the middle of him doing it. I didn't know it was him. I was like, that guy really looks like DeMarcus Ware. And then I found <laughs> out that was. It's like, oh, wow. I was I had the bad. pregame on. I was so excited. I threw on my Zach Wilson jersey. I was ready to go. And then I had to sit through like four minutes of that anthem, which was just a little pitchy. And just he was doing the hand. It was slow paced. Yeah. I'll say that. He really milked definitely, the last like few lines of that song too. It felt like those went on. Definitely for, drew it out. Yeah. So no, I, I look. I, I could never do that. I suck at singing and I know I suck at singing, but I could never do that. So I guess I applaud that. I don't, I don't know if that's gold star worthy. We don't give out participation uh, trophies on this podcast. Are right, any duds? 
does our twitter spaces any stand out to you uh, yeah that, that, that for <laughs> sure. your mic that for sure my mic my internet connection or whatever whatever you want to blame Man, that was i don't think it was the internet that was tough but it was, it was fun. fun that was fun i liked who we talked to and stuff it was just hard because you were dipping out every five seconds do any stand out to you in terms of duds right off the bat let me think. As soon as Xavier Gibson muffed that punt, I was like, I was about to tweet it, and I was like, that's a little mean, but I was going to tweet, Xavier Gibson, your dream is over. But then he did return the, the kick at the end of the half for like 50 yards. Um, gotta go. I don't know if there's any important players that really struggled in a way that stood out. Nobody important really struggled. I, I want to go back and watch like JJ's reps. Like I saw him get some nice yeah, push. Yeah, he would be cool to watch. Um. But I think he was going up against Dewan Jones the entire time, who's a big, um, big offensive lineman. Tough matchup, but you know, for a Hall of Fame preseason game, you're hoping that JJ could maybe maybe make a little bit more push. But again, I got to go rewatch it and see exactly what was happening. And I only think he played like the first series anyway. Um, I feel like we got we got to give some to uh, Craig James for giving up that touchdown. What do you make of the whole like the lights going off and them continuing the game? It kind of felt like they should have called it. Yeah, I think they should have called it. There, there was a guy in our spaces who was saying that, and, and I agree. I mean, it's it's a, an extra preseason game anyway, so it's not like it would be different if this wasn't the Hall of Fame game because you know I think every team does want the three preseason games for evaluation time, but this is gravy anyway. So I think for safety purposes, you would rather just not go back in cold. And even when they did come back to the game, it you know they didn't really give them much extra time to warm up from the point where they're like, all right, we're playing this game. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if that was the greatest move and didn't, I, I forget if it was before or after that when they announced that Sarah and Eccles had went out, but, uh, yeah, I'm not sure about that, but, um, yeah, I agree. I think probably it would be safer to just call it. Any thoughts on, uh, on the, I promise this last thing, any thoughts on the last, uh, or sorry, on the coaching play calls, anything like that? I mean, it was very vanilla play calling. I think we, it's a it's our first look at the offense. It's concerning, it's concerning going into the season how they blow a lead and a lot of penalties. <laughs> vanilla play calling. So I have seen I have seen tweets like that. We also have somebody in the spaces who was like, "I know it's the backups, but I don't like what we're seeing from the defense." And it's kind of just like the defense. We said it two years ago. You're gonna, you're gonna get, you're gonna play to the level of. of a player you have with this defense. Like it very much emphasizes the talent on the field. Things are simple. So in some ways I, I would say it makes it a little easier for defenders, but we saw it in 2021, if you're trying to play a really vanilla defense um, and you can't win with four and you don't have the difference makers in the back end, it just it looks a hell of a lot different than when you have the game records that you're able to cut loose in the defensive line, like the jets have, you have sauce and DJ Reed in the back end. Um, overall, not too much you could take away from this game. Other than that, I thought the Jets looked prepared and they looked, you know, they had some good moments. I like what we saw from Zach and Becton. We're definitely going to get a lot more in the next game. You'll be at the next game, which is 10 days from now. Yep. Or yep. nine days. Um, so, yeah, I guess I guess we can wrap it up here. Uh, I'll do the plugs, Michael. If you have anything else you want to say, please have something. You can shoot it after this. Uh, after the plug. I, Let me do the I don't plugs. have anything. Do the plugs. Except a, think, a big yawn. Maybe think, I can give you think that. Think of something from this game. You have like 20 seconds. Follow us at CYJPod right. on X. That sounds gross. 
Um, myself, Ben W. Just Blessington. Say Twitter. I think we're going to stick with that. We'll stick with that. Uh, myself, Ben W. Blessington, Michael, Michael underscore Nania. Go to jetsxfactor.com. Best place to go for Jets content. Uh, subscribe to the Jets X Factor YouTube. And if you can, please rate, review, or subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. That helps us out a lot. Uh, with that said, Michael, last thoughts. Uh, I love the all-white uniforms. Ah, ah, come on, a real thought. A real thought. Uh, The uniform's too much of a cop-out. I was looking for a real... I can dive into the uniforms with you, but I was hoping for a real... I guess you're right. We'll be back on Monday. We'll we'll be able to watch the film. Um, But overall, uh, I guess if you're watching on YouTube, or if not, tweet us. But uh, let us know what you think about this game. I'll read the comments. I I let them know if they're safe for for Michael to read, if, if there's enough hate or not. Um. All right, we're going to wrap it up. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday. Go Jets.